are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. I welcome to the Concepts of Faith broadcast. We have again today my daughter Annette with me, and we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, and I know you'll be blessed by it. We're going to be talking about calling things that are not as though they were. This is a principle of the Bible that got me from poverty to the blessings of God in a couple of three years after I got a hold of it and just began to do it. So we're going to talk about that. And I want to begin with some foundation scriptures. In the book of Romans, the fourth chapter, verse 3, it says, What saith the scriptures? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now, in the Old Testament, it says Abraham believed in the Lord and it was counted to him for righteousness. Abram believed in the Lord, but Abraham believed God. Same man, all right, but it's a different time frame. And we're going to talk about why that was. It says, Abraham believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. Now, when you come over to the 13th verse, it says, For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now, this is important to understand. It didn't come through the law. It came through the righteousness which is of faith. And the righteousness which is of faith comes by speaking and proclaiming and saying. That's how we become righteous. We enter into the grace of God. The only way you enter into the grace of God is through faith. So he's going to enter in, not through the law, but through the righteousness which is of faith. And uh, I'll mention it here. We'll get to it after a while. But in Romans 10th chapter, Paul said, The word is nigh thee, is in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So first it's in your mouth, and the righteousness which is of faith says, the word is nigh me. In other words, it's close to me as getting it in my mouth and speaking it into my heart. When I went to school, and probably when you went to school, they'd make us quote the multiplication tables back and forth to one another until we knew them by heart. They knew then that if you say it long enough audibly with your voice, it'll get on the inside of you. Then you don't have to count apples and oranges and take away three to find out what you got left and count them. It's a mathematical law. We're talking about a law of faith and how God taught this law to Abraham. Now, he tried to teach it to Abram, but it didn't take. Abram would not say what God said about it. And I've seen some people, and you have too, they'll say, Well, I, I wouldn't say that God has met my need according to his riches in glory because I might be lying. Don't worry about it. It won't happen because you don't have faith as a seed. It happens only when you believe, doubt not in your heart, and you have what you say. So if you don't have faith to say it, that means you don't have faith. Faith gives substance to things hoped for. Now, come down to the 16th verse. Therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is the law, but that also which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. He's called the father of our faith. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. God taught Abraham to call things that are not as though they were. Now, what does it mean to call things that are not? What was not manifest in Abram's life That's right. was an error. And so what did God do? He changed his name. Changed his name. 
force the man to say what God said about him. So instead of being called Abram, he's now called Abraham, which means father of many nations. And Abram was not the father of many nations when he was called Abraham. It took a while for Abraham, the father of many nations, to see the manifestation. But God called him Abraham because God called that which was not into existence by saying it. When God changes your name, your name's changed. I mean, you know, you've got to tell everybody what God said about you. And this was the problem that happened. Now, if you go back into Genesis, and I don't want to take a lot of time on this, but it'll help you. You'll find that God gave him the promise when he was 75 years old, said he's going to have a worldwide ministry, bless all the nations of the earth. And everybody that blessed him would be blessed, and them that cursed him would be cursed. Well, that thing is still going on. But here's Abram. He is 75 years old. He comes out and takes a lot with him. You know, God told him, come out from among your kin. Sometimes you've got to get away from your unbelieving kin, folks. You're going to believe God. And when he separated from Lot, the Lord said to him, said, you look to the east, west, north, and south. I said, I'm going to give you everything you can see. Now, that was a physical land to them, the land of Canaan. But today, our promised land are the promises of this new covenant. One of the greatest Truth is in this New Testament is before we get to page one. It says, the New Testament of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Last will and testament. So that's important. We don't get it when we die. We get it when he died. And he set it in motion. And all the promises of God, the Apostle Paul says, yes and amen. But what are we saying about it? So if you don't have the promise of God manifest in your life, what do you do? You call for it. It's that simple. And why are you calling it? Because it's not manifest. And you know, sometimes people, you hear them say it. Well, how can you say, why do you say you heal when you're sick? It's all the more reason you ought to say it. You call them for what you don't have. Well, if you call for what you do have, then what are you going to do? You're going to reinforce it. You're reinforcing what you have. So the more you call for what you have, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, or I'm poor, or I'm this, or I'm that, then the more you're going to have that. Quite some time ago, I spoke with a Native American man, and in our discussion, somehow I sort of explained to him your teaching about words, and he said, well, English is the language of fear. I said, what do you mean? And he's from the Pueblos in New Mexico, and he studied language quite extensively, and he said, well, you people, when you have something in your body, you say, oh, it's my arthritis. Or you say, oh, I have the flu, or I have diabetes. And he said, when you say that, now he wasn't talking about on the basis of the word either, but he said, when you say that, he said, then it's yours. It makes it manifest or it becomes a part of you. He said, the way we look at it is if there's something going on in our body, it's an energy that's just passing through. And we say it's passing through. In other words, you would say, I'm fluing. I don't have the flu, but I'm fluing right now, but it's going, see? In other words, you're saying this too shall pass. Right. (laughs) So he said, you, when you say, I have this disease, or I am diabetic, or I have cancer, or I am this, or I am that, then you are stopping that energy that could leave. Taking possession. Taking possession of it, and then it becomes a part of your baggage, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So you're calling it, you're taking possession of something you don't want. 
And the people say, yeah, but you just have to say it like it is. Now, you know, being a farmer for 29 years, I see how ridiculous that is because I bought a farm one time that was grown up in Johnson grass on a tractor you couldn't hardly see over the Johnson grass. Now, wouldn't it have been foolish if I'd have said, well, you know, we're going to have to sow it like it is. We can't plant anything but Johnson grass. I'd like to plant cotton, but you have to sow it like it is. That don't make any sense at all. It certainly don't make any dollars. No. But uh, it's so foolish for people to say, well, you just have to say it like it is. No, you don't. That's what the world has told you all these years. You sow it the way you want it, and words are seeds. So Abram had the promise, and God said to him, now, you look to the east, west, north, south, and I'll give you everything you can see. Did you realize that that was a physical land, but our promises are the promises of the new covenant, And God will still give you everything you can see that he's promised you in this book. If you can get it on the inside of you, you can live out the reality of it. How do you get it in there? Paul said it, in your mouth and in your heart. It's got to be in your mouth. You've got to speak it and proclaim it. How does faith come? Faith cometh by hearing. The more you hear it, it'll come more quickly if you hear yourself saying it. So when you're confessing the scriptures on healing and you declare, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed, then you're saying, I am healed, not I'm sick. You're saying, I am healed. You're calling for what you want, not for what you don't want. What you don't want is to be sick. So you don't say, I am sick, thereby claiming it. You're calling for healing. I, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. In the Old Testament, the scripture says, let the weak say I'm strong. <laughs> say the very opposite of what is if it lines up with the word of God. But most people just side in with whatever's happening to them. And I think where this comes from, it's from Greek mythology. People tend to believe, and some churches teach it, that whatever happens to you in life is God's will for you. Well, you don't find that in the Bible. You find it in Greek mythology. They thought there's 300 million gods up in heaven working like puppeteers cause everything happened on earth. So if it happens to you, it's God's will. No. If that were true, there wouldn't be any need to resist the devil, would there? Just buddy up with him, (laughs) you know. And that's what most people do. They wouldn't dare resist it because uh, it might be God. If it's sickness of God, then they'll tell you that sickness is teaching them something. Yeah, it'll teach you you don't want to be sick. That's right. I guarantee you. But this principle of calling things that are not is sort of like this quantum physics we talked about on some of the other broadcasts. It's kind of far out for some people because they haven't studied this in the Scripture. But when you follow the teaching of Jesus, he followed this pattern and he called things that are not as though they were until they were. In all of his ministry, he operated in that. Another thing that we see when we study Abram and Abraham God told Abram, I'll give you everything you can see. And the way we make decisions is what we see ourselves doing. If I go to praying about something, meditating the Word, confessing the Word over it, if I don't have any great revelation about it, whether I should do it or not do it, I just stop and ask myself, what do I see myself doing? Now, if you put the right Word in here, you'll see yourself doing the right thing, either doing it or not doing it. But if you don't put the right Word in here, If you put the wrong words in there, you may see yourself doing it when you're not supposed to do it. You're going to be in a heap of trouble because some people prophesy, well, you see, I'll I'll invest this money. I'll lose every dime I put in it. Well, they talk themselves into things sometimes and prophesy the very thing, and they live out the reality of it. That's true. I've seen so many people that they don't have the God inside image. 
the image that God gives us in his word, that we are led by the Spirit of God. And we're out of time, and uh, what are we offering today? Well, we have a wonderful DVD called Calling Things That Are Not, and that is a single DVD. It's offer number 2856. It's $15 plus the $4 shipping. Actually, you recorded this in a meeting. It's just tremendous. I would highly recommend that if you haven't heard this message, you need to hear it. It's offer number 2856, Calling Things That Are Not. Those are some good teaching, calling things that are not. Now, sometimes people say, well, now, what do you mean calling things that are not? Well, in the fourth chapter of Romans, the Apostle Paul says that God taught Abraham to call things that were not as though they were. And if you don't understand that principle, you're probably going around calling things that are as though they are exactly like they are, and they are. And they will always be that way if you continue to do that. But if you will call the things that are not, they'll come. Now, how can you call something when it's not out there? If you just walk in an elevator and you're going to call it like it is, and you're on the first floor, and you punch the first floor, guess what? You're going to stay right there on the first floor. The doors are going to open again. You say, yeah, but I wanted to go to floor five. Well, you punched the wrong button, and a lot of you are punching the wrong button and wondering why you didn't go somewhere or something didn't change. That's DVD offer number 2856, Calling Things That Are Not. A 60-minute DVD for $15 plus $4 postage and handling. A total of $19. Until tomorrow, this is Charles and Annette Capps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps. P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.